Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. Howdy folks, howdy, and welcome back to Grass Talk Radio. This past week has been uh, kind of an interesting week for me. We had that Hurricane Irma came up through through Florida and made a beeline for Sumter County, Georgia. At least the eye did. It was weakening. I'm not in any way saying that, you know, we had it real, real bad like the people down in Key West or all those little islands and stuff. They had it bad. But, you know, most of those people, if they had it half a brain, they probably you know, got out of there. We sat here and you got hammered. It's amazing, uh, you know, what a hurricane will do even, you know, a hundred miles inland, 200 miles inland. It's amazing. This place is a wreck, but you know, nothing is really destroyed. The biggest thing we had to deal with was, was we lost power for five, I think it was five days. And when we lose power here, we also lose water because we're on a well and it takes electricity to run that pump. So I was, you know, carting buckets from the horse tank into the house to flush the toilets. And, you know, I had prepared and, you know, had about, I guess, maybe 20 gallons of drinking water on hand and plenty of food. Didn't know how long the power might stay out, but it it stayed out a lot longer than I anticipated. So... Eventually, we were throwing food away from the refrigerators, and you know I moved things into the freezer. I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but it, it was just a chaotic week, and it was amazing that episode 35 I posted, I was putting it up, basically just praying that the power wouldn't go out while I was putting it up because that was the day it was coming here, and I got it up, and uh, <clears throat> I you know literally within 20 minutes of finishing up the show notes page and just verifying that everything was up there and okay, boom, the power went out. And that's how we just camped out for <laughs> quite a few days. Anyway, that's uh, kind of been the story of my week. <clears throat> but let's get on to this episode. In this episode, what we're going to do is, I got a couple things. First of all, I'm going to get my thank yous out of the way. I I got, um, I think, two people um, became Grass Talk Radio supporters, making that uh, little donation to the cause. I just want to say thank you if you're one of those people that did that. I'm not going to mention people by name. I don't think that would be appropriate. Unless they want to be named. You know, you could send me an email and say, yeah, tell everybody my name. But anyway, um, thank you to you Grass Talk Radio supporters. And as I've said before, some of you who are listening to this may also you know, be a customer of some of the little products that I have video lessons and eBooks and all that kind of stuff. There was a guy not too long ago. I I think it was a guy. I don't know, probably who uh, made a little comment on the iTunes uh, rating and said that I, uh, that my episodes are way too long. And it's funny because I've gotten emails from people that the first time I did um, an hour long episode, I got an email from somebody saying, hey, that's great. Keep it up. You know, the longer, the better. And then I get this comment from a guy saying my episodes are too long and that I talk too much about myself. And it got me thinking, well, you know, 
who else do I know about? I'm what I'm going to tell you is what I know. And usually it's little stories and stuff, things that I personally experienced. So I'm not going to sit around here and feel guilty for talking about myself because I can't very well talk about other people. I can't tell you what other people think of things and what they've experienced. I mean, I might tell you something about somebody else, but you know, you want to get down to the real crux of the matter. I'm a lot more qualified to talk about the things that I have lived. So, and I also wondered how, how did the guy, uh, uh, think, how did he know so much about it if he didn't listen to him? And if he did listen to him, why does he not like it? You know, I, I look at this whole podcast as it's strictly optional. There's no gun to your head saying you must listen. And if you don't like it, Hey, you know, there's like a million other podcasts out there or or you could just go fishing or something if you don't like it. But I, I'm getting a lot of feedback from people who do like it. So I'm just going to keep on, keep on trucking here. Anyway, today we're going to do uh, two things. I, I told you in a previous episode that I, I was waiting on a CD of some music uh, that had been submitted to be featured on the show. Cause I've been begging for that from, you know, people that have written their own material or have a band and, and, you know, because I want to put a little music on here, too. So I've got that coming up. We are going to hear a complete tune from the band is uh, Danny Ellison and West by East. And they're out in Texas. And uh, one of the listeners to the podcast, and it's also a guy that I've I've run into on Manlin Cafe, he knew about them and kind of put the two of us together and they sent, I don't know. I think I've got about six, six songs and they were like, yeah, play them. Great. Which is, this is exactly what I was, was talking about. If you have a band and you, you know, any little bit of exposure, even as small as this podcast audience is over time, you know, some folks are going to hear this. So if, if, if you're like Danny Ellison and West by East, um, you know, send me some stuff. I'll be happy to put it up here so we can hear some bluegrass. So I'm going to do that at the end of the show. I'm going to feature a song by them. I'm actually still deciding which song to play. I, I, I'm not certain yet. Uh, they, they sent me six and they're all really, really good. I mean, I got a couple that I really like that stand out, but then I listen to the next one. I'm like, yeah, I really like that one too. So, uh, he actually gave me permission to, to, uh, you know, put up several. So anyway, I'm going to feature at the end of this episode, one of their tunes and just for your enjoyment and on the show notes page for this episode, I will put a link over to their website and stuff so that if you want to find out more about them and, uh, their music, you can just go to the show notes page and there'll be a link there. So that'll come at the end of uh, this show. Now the bulk of this show is going to be sort of a continuation of all that uh, starting a band, running your band, managing your band, rehearsing your band, all that kind of stuff that I mentioned. It, it really began in episode 30, the episode called Bands versus Jams, where I was making the case for, you know, bands generally produce better music. Uh, then that was carried on into episode 33, which was about starting a part-time band. And then 34 followed up on the heels of that, talking about 
how do you organize? What are the basic systems? And that one was called Monarchy versus Democracy. So this episode is going to kind of continue on that thread. And it's going to be about, let's assume that you have started a band or are thinking of starting a band. And that it's going to be a part-time, you know, working band. You'd like to be paid for what you do, at least on some level. And that it's a part-time part-time professional, you know, band and that you've chosen the sort of democratic model for everybody has input and everybody has a role and a voice in what happens. And that's, that's probably 95% of all organized bluegrass bands and probably every other kind of band too. So I'm running with the assumption that that's probably what you're going to do or are doing, and that is you're in a kind of a democratic band and you're playing part-time, but you want to do it professionally, but on a part-time basis. So that's what we're going to talk about today is I'm going to reveal to you something that I learned kind of the hard way over trying lots of different things over the years and finally settling on a little system that it, it just works so beautifully if you follow it. And what I'm going to describe is this system that I call the schedule master. And that is, how does information get passed around among the members of the band? You know, like, where are you playing and when? And then somebody calls up and says... Hey, are you guys available to do the such such barbecue on the whatever date? And they call somebody. Well, who do they call? And how is that question answered? And I'm going to tell you that it's my belief and my experience that the bands that you see in your area popping up over and over and over again playing, and you go see them play, and they they say, you know, we're playing here, we're playing there, we got this, you know, you go to their website and they've got actual gigs going on. I think that one of the reasons why bands are chosen to perform over other bands, it's not always about their music and their entertaining ability. That is certainly a factor, but it's also in how quickly can you give an answer to the person who dials you up on the phone or sends you an email saying, Hey, can you guys do X, Y, Z? If you can give a quick yes or no and quote them a price fast, those bands that can do that oftentimes are chosen over bands that can't. And here's what happens a lot of times. A person's, you know, having some sort of an event, maybe they're putting on a festival, maybe they're having a little city, you know, like I've said, the peanut festival, or they're looking for some entertainment for something. And they call somebody, maybe they call you, and we're not going to talk about how you promote yourself and how do you, how do you make that happen? That'll be a whole nother episode, ways to promote your band. But let's just assume that they got your phone number and they called you. Here's the kind of things that can happen. I've seen this. I've seen business cards for bands that had four or five phone numbers on there. And some of the people aren't even in the band anymore because they left. I, I think it's a smart idea as you organize your democratic band and as 
the various roles of the members are established, that one person and one person only becomes the contact person. And how you choose that person will, who you choose and their skills will affect how much you guys are out playing. You know, if you've got a, a, a contact person who is not very good about returning phone calls and is not very organized and is kind of shy, doesn't want to, afraid to mention the price, and then you're not going to get booked very much. On the other hand, if you've got somebody as the contact person who's easy to get a hold of, who's Johnny on the spot with calling people back, who can keep the schedule, you know, pretty organized, then it's real easy for that person to say, sure, we could do that for you. Uh, we charge $600 for three hours, and that's with a PA. Now, if you don't need a PA, you know, after they ask a few questions like how many people is, is, are going to be there and where is it, you know, get some. Because sometimes if you're playing for 300 people out in a parking lot at a, at a grocery store or in a park or something, you probably need the PA. But if you're playing for 20 people inside a house, maybe it's a reception for, you know, I, I don't know. You may not even need the PA. So that creates an opening where you can say, well, it's 600 with the PA. You know, if it's something we can do acoustically, like you just want us to play on the porch for a couple hours, we could do it with PA, without the PA. And, you know, for that, we'd get 500, that sort of thing. If your contact person is good at that kind of thing, you'll get more gigs. Because when somebody calls, they want an answer. They want information. They want an answer. They want to know, are you available? And if you don't know if you're available, if your contact person can't answer that question, hey, are you guys available? Then your time is going to pass. And while time passes, somebody else is going to get that gig. So the purpose of this episode is to describe a method by which your band can say yes or no very quickly to a request for playing and performing. Okay. Now, most of the time, this person, the contact person, is also this person I'm going to call the schedule master. It works the best if they're the same person, but they don't have to be. You could have a member of the band who is the schedule meister and then a different person who is the contact person, but they're going to have to stay joined at the hip because if the schedule master is keeping track of everybody's schedule in the band and the contact person doesn't have that information, you know, that information has got to be communicated. So I'd say that nine times out of 10, the contact person, the person who is called or emailed about potential gigs probably should also be the schedule master. Uh, but it, it could, you know, I'm not saying it has to be that way, but in most cases, I'd say that the contact person ought to be the schedule master too. Okay. So what does this schedule master do? Who probably is also the contact person. What they do is they maintain a calendar that shows all of the commitments of the band. Those are gigs that are booked, things that are coming up in the future. Like, we're playing at the Briar Patch Music Festival on May the 20th. 
7 p.m. That's on there. So committed gigs are on there. So now if a potential client calls up and says, hey, are you guys available on May the 20th? The contact person slash schedule master can just look at that and go, no, I'm sorry. We are booked at the such and such on that date. So keep us in mind in the future. We'd love to do your do something for you. But on that date, we're already booked. And by the way, when you state to someone that you're already booked, that is a good thing for marketing because if if you're booked on this date and on this date and on this date, it makes people want you more than if, oh yeah, we're available. We're always available. We don't ever do anything. We sit around here. We play about two gigs a year. You don't want to give that impression. But this is what the schedule master, the schedule master has the master schedule. So when the phone call comes in, he can look at it and say, we're booked. We're not booked. Okay. But that's not all that's on there. You also, as if you've been involved in any kind of a group effort for anything, everybody's got to be on the same page. And this show is about literally getting everybody's information on the same page. And that means somebody might call up the contact person slash schedule master and say, hey, are you guys available on the 24th of May for this or that? And that person may say, yeah, we're, we're totally available. Uh, you know, here's what we charge. And they say that that's great. I need to check with my committee and make sure that, you know, that's okay. So now that gig is sort of tentative. You've said yes, but they haven't accepted it yet. They made an offer. You accepted it, but they haven't really, you know what I mean? It's tentative. So that goes on the schedule. That needs to be on there. Alternative gigs need to be on the schedule. So if somebody calls you up and says, hey, are you guys available on the 24th? You can say, well, we have a tentative job on that date that I'm waiting to hear from so-and-so, but we might be available, might not. Uh, that's important information. And that might prompt the person to make a call back to him and say, look, I got second offer on that same date. You know, what, what are we in or are we not? Okay, another thing that um, the schedule will do is it will solve, this is the biggest headache of all, and I talked about this in one of the previous episodes, I think 34, about here, here's the way you don't want to do it. The call comes in, hopefully to the contact person, but it, you know if you're one of those bands that everybody's the contact person, who knows what may happen. Okay, so somebody calls and says, hey, we're having this thing on such and such a date. Are you guys available? And the answer goes like this. Uh, let me check with the guys. I'm going to have to check with the guys, and then I'll call you back. That's when the nightmare begins, the checking with the guys. Got to call everybody, find out if they're available. Well, they got to check with their wife, and they got to check with their brother-in-law, and they got and it just takes forever to get an answer. So what this system that I'm going to describe to you does is it takes all of that out. When someone calls the contact person, the contact person instantly can say, yes, we're available. No, we're not. And what it requires is 
a little bit of responsibility by the members of the band. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to describe all that in a minute, but here's basically what you need in order to do this method. You need a scheduled master who's probably also the contact person. They need a calendar. It could be on their computer. It could be a calendar book. Doesn't matter. I, I Later, I, I may talk a little bit about online versions of this and so on, but you need a calendar, a piece of paper, uh, you know, buy a calendar with plenty of room to write. And there needs to be that one calendar that is possessed by the schedule master slash contact person. Second thing you need is information on that calendar. All gigs that are booked need to be on that calendar. All gigs that are tentative need to be on that calendar. And then you need information from the band members. Without that, the contact person slash schedule master can't give an answer. If I don't know if John is available on June the 3rd, how can I say yes or no? So rather than this system of every time a call comes in, the contact person has to contact all the members of the band and get an answer from them and then call back the client who's probably already hired somebody else by then. Instead of that system, what you do is you say, if you're going to be in this band, one of your responsibilities is to notify the schedule master slash contact person of the dates when you are unavailable. Do it in reverse. In other words, I'm in this band and I am available all the time, except this date and this date. So now our person John has told the schedule master, June the 3rd through the 5th, mark me as out. I am unavailable on those dates. Okay. Now we know John can't play the gig on June the 3rd through the 5th. So somebody calls in and says, hey, we got this thing on June the 5th. And the contact person says, I'm sorry. We have other commitments on that date and aren't going to be able to do that for you. You know, keeps in mind for the future. Okay. So simply by the band member taking the responsibility to tell the schedule master when he's unavailable, the schedule master can assume that all other times he's available. And, you know, most of the time people are more available than they're unavailable. Like if you look at your calendar for the month, well, I'm, my son's having this Cub Scout thing on this date and I'm playing softball. And, you know, if you look at it, it's not that many items. And so you just communicate those to the schedule master and you say, Hey, I'm going to be gone this weekend and this particular night I'm not available. And that's it. Now he knows. Saves a whole lot of hassle and it creates fast answers to the potential, to the client. Okay. And I'm going to go through the details of this a little more. I just want to kind of get the principles in here. The the principles of the system is that there is one contact person and there is one schedule master, probably the same person. That would be my advice. The next principle is that the contact person and the, the contact person slash schedule master 
And everybody with the most recent printout of the schedule knows what is happening, who's available, who's not. Everybody's sharing the same information. And this means that the contact person slash schedule master can give an instant answer to any gig requests that come in. And there's no calling around required. The main principle of this whole thing for it to work is that band members only state when they're not available. And by default, they're otherwise available. Now, that's a whole lot less information that has to be moved around. For me, let's assume now for, for the moment that our band has five members, and if one of them can't do it, the whole band doesn't play. Let's just assume that that's our, our rule, our decision. We don't go out with just the three of us or just the four of us. So one person's out, we're all out. Doesn't have to be that way, but let's assume that's what we've decided in advance. So for no confusion whatsoever, if John's unavailable June 3rd to the 5th, then the band is unavailable June 3rd to the 5th. It's simple. One member tells the schedule master, and that's it. Done. That's a lot different than somebody calling and you having to call around and get the calls back and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So it is the responsibility of the members to tell the schedule master when they're unavailable. I'm going to be gone on this particular weekend. Uh, these other guys asked me to play on that date and I'm going to be over here doing this or that. So you're unavailable. Makes it a lot easier to give a quick answer. Now, the schedule master also has responsibility. He has to stay on top of that schedule. If I call him up and say, hey, uh, just want to let you know, last weekend of October, I'm going deep sea fishing. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, whatever those dates are, just mark me as out. Well, he has a responsibility to put that on his schedule. If he fails to do that, then he may take in a call, think, you know, you know what I'm saying? So the schedule master has a responsibility to keep that calendar correct. And the band members have the responsibility to feed him information, he, him or her. The next responsibility of the schedule master after staying on top of the schedule and keeping it up to date is that the schedule master must revise, alter, you know, that's the keeping it up to date and then print out copies of it or print it and copy it or whatever, and then distribute that to the members of the band at rehearsals and at gigs. Now, it's my opinion that if you're going to be a band and you're going to be any good at it, I think it's a great idea to, at a minimum, and it may be the ideal thing for a part-time band, is to have a weekly rehearsal. If you have a weekly rehearsal and then you play a couple of gigs a month, you're getting together four to six to eight times a month. And that is sufficient contact to, for this transmittal of this schedule to the members. In other words, may we go out and play on Friday night. <clears throat> and there's been no changes to the schedule whatsoever. So the schedule master doesn't hand out a new schedule at the gig. 
And then you come around on Tuesday night, you do your regular rehearsal. And he says, all right, everybody, I got a brand new schedule here. I got some new stuff. Take your old ones and throw them away. Here's the new one. Because somebody called him on Saturday and he added something to it. And so the schedule master's got to stay on top of it. And he's got to print out and distribute this calendar whenever it changes. And you'd be surprised. It's not that frequently. And then the members have the responsibility to supply their own information. So on this schedule, and the way I always did it was I had a document, like a little word processing document, where I simply typed the date and what was happening. That was it. It'd say like Friday, May 20th, gig, Briar Patch Music Festival, Damascus, Georgia, 7 p.m. Leave Pats at 4 p.m. Parentheses, public gig. And that would be what was on there. There would be a list of all the gigs, all the tentative gigs, all the people who are out on a particular date. Like it says June 3rd through 5th, John out. Tuesday, June 7th, Brad out. So those are all on there. And and by the way, you can see an example of this. Go to the show notes page. And I have made a PDF out of one of the versions, this is from May 19th, 2016, an actual example of this schedule. And what you'll notice is that every item listed chronologically on the schedule has one of four statuses. And that is, it's either a gig, a booked gig, we're committed, be there. Or it's tentative, means this is in the works. It might happen. And at this point, everybody's available. So we we're waiting on an answer from the client. So it's either a gig or it's a tentative gig, or we've got some listings for out John out, Brad out, Pat out. That's supplied by the band members. And then there's one called maybe I might put on there. Tuesday, June 7th, Brad, maybe. Mark me as maybe. And what that means is, I usually bowl on Tuesday night. Now, I don't really bowl on Tuesday night, but I'm using this as an example. I'm on a bowling league. Uh, Well, let's not use that. Let's use a buddy of mine asked me to go fishing on Tuesday night. On Tuesday, June the 7th. And so I put on there, Brad, maybe. I don't want to declare myself completely out, but I'd like to go fishing. I'd like to go fishing on that day, so put me as maybe. If something good comes up, just give me a call. That means that the schedule master only has to call one person. He's got to call me and say, hey, I know you want to go fishing on Tuesday, but I got this potential thing that we could do. What do you think? I say yes or no, and then it's transmitted out to the client and to the band. So it's okay to put a maybe down. Sometimes you can shuffle something around. Maybe I could go, well, you know what? That thing's paying 200 bucks a piece. I'll go fishing on Wednesday. (laughs) But it's good to put those maybes on there too. That helps the contact person slash schedule meister, you know, minimize the number of calls or know that, well, you're not completely out. You know, it, If something really good comes up or important, it might not be good paying. It just might be so fun you don't want to miss it. You might be asked to 
open for Chris Thiele and it pays 50 bucks or something. And, you know, you might be willing to give up your bowling night to do that. So you might put yourself down as a maybe. Okay, so everything listed in chronological order on there is either marked as a gig, as a tentative, as out, so-and-so is out, or so-and-so is maybe. Now, the way we did ours, because most bands are playing on the weekends, and this is printed at the bottom of this, of every schedule. It says, remember, this only covers evenings and weekends. Any daytime or early evening gig always needs to be checked with, uh, checked out with everyone. Because most gigs fall on Fridays and Saturdays. That you were the band members really only had the responsibility to report that I'll be unavailable on a Friday, a Saturday, or a Sunday. We didn't worry about Wednesdays and Thursdays and Tuesdays. We just considered every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday to be a maybe with everybody because they don't happen that often. You don't you don't get as many Wednesday gigs as you do Friday and Saturday. So just to save a lot of hassle. Our system only involved the weekends, and it said any daytime or early evening gig always need to be checked out with everyone. Because once in a while, you'll get a call from somebody that needs somebody at lunchtime, and maybe half the band has jobs, and they're all working. That's going to require a call around. Hey, you think you could sneak away for an hour and go do this thing? So... That system works pretty well if you're a part-time band where most of your gigs are on Friday and Saturday. If you're one of these bands playing, you know, throughout the week at different times, you might want to require every member to report all their dates and times that they're unavailable. And then if something comes in and Joe in the band is marked as unavailable at Tuesday at noon, well then... He only has to call Joe to say, hey, Joe, can you get away? And if the answer is no, then the gig, the band's answer is no. I think you get the uh, the principles here that rather than every gig causing a call to every member who then have to check with their families and work and various things and then get back to you. And by the time you collect all that information and then get back to the client, you've probably lost the gig. So being Johnny on the spot means, you know, plan for these things. So now another thing is some bands also, some bands have the policy that if John can't do it, then the band doesn't play. But not all bands work that way. Some bands work like, uh, well, if John can't do it, then sometimes we call Tony to fill in for John. So if you're one of those bands where you use fill-ins or you occasionally go out shorthanded, like you, you have five members, but if, let's say, Bill plays the dobro, and sometimes he can be there and sometimes he can't, and we'll play with him when he's there and without him. In other words, a not a vital person to preventing a gig, that stuff just needs to be established at the outset so the contact person knows that. If I see John, let's say three of your members do all the lead singing and you, you've all talked about it. Every member has talked about it and said, well, what do we do when a call comes in and Bill can't do it? 
is it, you know, you need to get Bill's opinion. Bill may get his feelings hurt if you guys feel like he is not all that important and that you can go out. You don't really need a fiddle. But as long as you talk about it in advance and Bill says, yeah, well, sometimes I'm not going to be there. You know, if you guys get a gig, don't let me stop you. Discuss this stuff in advance and decide what is your policy. Because the worst thing you can do if you want to if you want to make a member mad is let's say I'm the fiddle player and I say, Hey, I'm not available on June the 4th. And then a week later, I find out that you guys are booked at a, at a festival on June the 4th without me. And you, you got somebody else to play fiddle and I don't know anything about it. I may get my feelings hurt, get mad and quit or just have a rotten attitude. So what I'm saying is talk about these possible scenarios before they occur you know come to a meeting of the minds if you're going to be a democratic band you know don't start making unilateral decisions without people's input nine times out of ten you know the person's going to say sure i don't care you know maybe tony can fill in for me that kind of thing but decide those things in advance decide who's vital who's not in terms of will we accept a gig I was in a band called Buddy Ashmore and Pony Express. If Buddy Ashmore was unavailable, we did not play because it's hard to go out and be Buddy Ashmore and Pony Express without Buddy Ashmore. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, for part of our existence, we were just also known as Pony Express. And in those cases, we did occasionally go out and do gigs without him with a fill-in person on guitar. Uh, Buck Peacock played the role of Buddy Ashmore a few times. And I think Bob McIsaac did too. But what I'm what I'm getting at is if you wanna if you wanna preserve the longevity of your band and not create all these uh dramas and soap operas and all this stuff, sit around when you're at rehearsals and talking and think about these things and make decisions in advance. What do we do? Like I said in one of the episodes, how do we split the tip money? How do we compensate for the PA situation? You know, I think about these things, make these decisions before they come up. And then assuming you've come to a meeting of the minds and a consensus opinion of what to do, then you now have a policy and it's very simple. Like in Pony Express, it was our policy and everybody agreed that if Mike couldn't make the gig on the fiddle, then we call Tony. And if Tony couldn't do it, we'd just go without a fiddle. That was the policy. It was very simple. And everybody agreed to it. As long as everybody agrees, then everybody's agreeable, and the band keeps clicking on quite nicely. All right. Now, I talked about how the system that is illustrated, the PDF that's on the show notes page, is only pertains to weekends, and hopefully that makes sense. If anybody has a question about how this works, you know, let me know. But let me just kind of, I'm looking at that, that document right now, an example schedule. And this would have been handed out at a rehearsal or at a gig. And probably the person that handed it out would say, hey, I see that old schedule laying there in your case. Give me that thing and wad it up and throw it away. Uh, sometimes that's a good thing for the schedule master to do because I've seen people carrying four or five of these around in their case. Now at the top, it says schedule as of May 19th, 2016. 
So a person, could, if they had two or three of them, they could figure out what's the most recent one, and you should throw away all the ones that are outdated. Only keep the most recent one. And I have in big red letters, toss your old schedule. And then I have the key to it, gig equals book gig, tent equals tentative date, could happen, out equals person is unavailable those dates and times, no call needed, and maybe person is busy but could get out of it for a good paying gig, needs a call. And then we have date and description and all the various gigs and in outs and maybes and all that listed. And then down at the bottom, I put, give me your outs and maybes. Because if I don't have the outs and maybes, I can't give an answer to the person that calls. And then I have a little note there. Remember, this only covers evenings and weekends. Any daytime or early evening gig always needs to be checked out with everyone. And that's sort of a note to the schedule meister. Okay, so that's it. So how does this work in reality? Well, the schedule meister, master... He's got this one single document. He pulls it up. He finds out some new information, like John calls him and tells him I'm not available on June 3rd to 5th. He just pulls that up, types it in, saves it. And then the next day, somebody calls and asks about a particular gig, or maybe they call it and say, ah, this thing we were going to do, we decided to cancel it. So he just pulls that up and says, gig, May the 20th, canceled. But leave the information on there because people want to know what was canceled. You know, don't just delete it. I'd mark it as canceled. It's kind of like how people do, um, you got a guitar for sale on a website and people will mark it sold. You know, it's kind of the same thing. You might leave something on there a little while and just mark it as, you know, canceled. Get rid of that word gig. Okay. Uh, Another thing that I always did because I had a color printer is that, I would always put anything new. So if I'm changing some information, I'd put it in red. So whenever I printed one out, all the new stuff would show up in red. And that kind of helped people just notice it because it might look pretty much the same, but then there was something new on there. So I always put the new stuff in red. And then the next time I went to produce a schedule and print it out, I'd turn everything to black. And again, just, you know, anything new that came in, I would mark it as red. You don't have to do that. But what what we would then do is at the week, weekly rehearsal, we would, the schedule master would pull out the schedule because, you know, a rehearsal is partly a business meeting because being in a band is kind of like being in a business, being involved in a business. So you're, every, every rehearsal is part business discussion. You know, money gets passed out, gig offers are discussed, and you review the schedule. Maybe there have been no changes, but the schedule master has the schedule with him because he's the master of it. He should definitely always have one with him at rehearsal and go over the dates. Let's talk about each thing and let's not talk them to death. And, you know, if, if there's something three months from now happening, we don't need to talk about who's riding with who to that, but let's talk about the the one that's coming up next, the one that's this Friday, that needs a full discussion. But let's just review and make sure everybody's on the same page. And sometimes as that's happening, people remember, oh, yeah, that's my anniversary. Hey, add that to 
hey, Schedule Master, put down on there June the 25th, Brad out. It's my anniversary. So the Schedule Master, he writes that on there in pencil. So now when he goes home, he's got an update to do. And the next time they're together, he'll be handing out a new one, and that'll be in red. It's actually, it may sound complicated, but once you get it going, there's this one document that is only updated by one person, and it is handed out every time you get together. It's, it's really actually pretty simple once everybody gets on board with the system. And the reason it works so well is, number one, is it reduces the amount of calling around, which is absolutely maddening. It's maddening to the person doing the calling, and it's maddening to you that, God, he calls me all the time. I, you know, like my example at present is I don't have a whole lot of things going on. When, uh, if Pat calls me up and says, Hey, can you do such, such? I say, yes, because <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of other commitments right now, but it's still kind of an annoyance. You know, I could just say, look, I'm not available the week, third weekend of October. And now you don't have to call me. Just put them on the schedule, print it out and give it to me. So that's the first thing is it reduces all that crazy calling around. And the second thing is it gives a pretty up-to-date schedule, usually less than a week old if you're rehearsing once a week. And the beauty of this is that printed schedule can be stuck on your refrigerator at home so your whole family knows what's going on without a whole lot of communication with them. If this most recent schedule goes into your little iPhone, your wife may not see it, and your kids may not see it, and your boss won't see it. But if you... When you get home from rehearsal, you go to the refrigerator and you put this thing up there. Then your whole family knows what you're committed to. So that's handy. And it kind of lets your family know how you do this. You know, how, what's going on. You know, like once something's up there and it says gig, I'm going. So don't, don't plan, you know, to go see the flower show on that day. Cause I've had it up here for a month. You know, we got a gig and I'm committed. I, you know, they're counting on me. So that helps too. You got this printed schedule that not only you can look at, but your whole family can look at. And the other little added bonus to this thing is by including on that schedule, so-and-so is out. June the 7th, Brad is out. That tells you as a member, hey, you know, that'd be a Brad's gone that weekend. That'd be a good weekend for me to go fishing. Because if he's gone, we're not going to book a gig. Hey, that'd be a good weekend to go to the beach. And I don't have to call anybody to figure that out. I can just look at it and go, well, June 3 to 5, John is in you know, Tahiti. Well, that'd be a good weekend for me to sneak away and go to Key West or something after they rebuild it. But you get the idea. It's not a complicated system. Uh, if you're curious about how to use this, go to the show notes page, download the little PDF, and just kind of study it a little bit. And if you need to, go back and listen to this thing again. Or if you have a question, send me an email. Uh, you can find that. Go to bradleylaird.com, and up at the top it says contact, and click that, and you can send me an email. That's, uh, once again, better than uh, Twitter or Facebook communication, because I don't 
um, regularly pay much attention to that. I might see something there and respond to it, but email, I am constantly, well, not constantly, but I am at least every day or every other day looking at it because when somebody purchases something from me off the website, I get notified of it there through email. And if somebody has a problem, maybe they're trying to download something, they're just having trouble because maybe they didn't see the little note about it's hard to download this on a tablet. And and so they've sent me an email saying I'm having trouble. So I'm I'm looking at that email, just scanning it for somebody's got a problem. Don't doesn't happen that much, but it does happen. And uh so I, I'm looking for that. I'm not looking for that over on Twitter. I mean, if if, if you got a problem, you're having difficulty with a download or something, Twitter is not the way to get me, you know. Email is. So if you have a question about how this whole thing works, just shoot me an email, and I, I might in a future episode, well, I will answer you, but I, I might also answer it in a future episode. Maybe something I said here didn't make complete sense. But I think you get the principles. And if you even do something even close to this, I think your band will run smoother and you'll get more gigs because strike while the iron's hot. When somebody calls, they want a yes or no, give them a yes or no. In some future episode, we'll talk about that whole pricing thing. And you know, I keep talking about the economics of bluegrass, which one of these days I'm going to fully expound on that, 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 uh, topic. Um, Anyway, hopefully this helps you get your band schedule happening, and I hope there's lots of gigs on there. A lot of times it looks like a pretty long list, but it'll be like 10 instances of a band member stating that they're unavailable. Like May 24th, Brad out. May 27th, Pat out. June 3rd, John out. June 7th, Brad out. There'll be a lot of that kind of stuff on there. And it looks like you're really busy, but there may only be one, two, three, four, five gigs, you know, over the next three months or something, but it's all there. And, you know, try the system, see if it works. I've just, I want to quickly say there are some online apps and tools and shared calendar deals and, you know, Yahoo calendars and Google this. And now I'm just going to suggest to you, and I say this because we have at the pat in the past tried those kind of systems in two different bands that I was in and in no case did they work as well as this manual printed out, handed out system. And I, I suppose it comes because number one, everybody is not joined at the hip with an iPhone. It may seem like that to you. If you are, if you're constantly connected, you may think everybody is, but everybody isn't. Some people check their email once in a while some people are more technically savvy than others. And some of those systems allow multiple people to change information. And so I could go on there and just change something. And that doesn't necessarily mean everybody knows I changed it. Even if it sends them an email that says I changed it. You know, it just, it overcomplicates something that can be done very simply. This method worked for us in the 1980s when we didn't have internet and it'll will it will still work beautifully for you today. Uh, so try it out. It's it's so simple and it has a lot of great advantages. All right. So enough about the schedule master 
system. I hope I covered everything I intended to say. So let's get on with some music here. We're going to close this show out with um, Danny Ellison and the band West by East. And they're out in Texas. And I think I have now decided which song. I'm going to play a song by them called 1989. Here it is, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Well, if I could go back, I would go back to 1989 to a place my heart. County Road 150 Dreaming of a life I've yet to find Well, I would go back So, Lord, won't you take me To 1989